Welcome to The Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedeckes. And now, get ready to think. Welcome back to The Think Podcast with Joel Sedeckes. I'm Joel Sedeckes, in case you couldn't figure that out. And this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. We've already got a number of people watching. Welcome. If you're watching live, thank you. This is going to be something you're going to want to share, um, uh, pass along to a friend, uh, put it in an envelope on a DVD that you burn yourself and send it snail mail because everyone is going to need to see this because what happens in Canada very often does not stay in Canada. But what is happening in Canada? Are Christian pastors really getting thrown in jail simply for holding church services? Did the Albertan government seriously barricade a church? Is COVID raging to such extremes in the great white north, our neighbors to the north, that all of society is being shut down? Does this mean that everyone is locked in their homes or is the church being singled out for special treatment? Well, Dr. Michael Thiessen joins me today to talk about the current state of relations between the church and the Canadian civil government. Thiessen is the uh, campaign manager for Liberty Coalition Canada, and uh, he's got a very impressive educational pedigree. Also, he earned his doctorate from my alma mater, where I got my master's, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. So I'm really looking forward to talking with a fellow alumnus. And um, this is the show that tackles impossible questions. So we're going to now tackle the impossible question. Is the Canadian church really seriously facing persecution in our time? Let's talk about it. Dr. Michael Thiessen, welcome to the Think Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Joel. It's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I am very much looking forward to this conversation. And uh, I'm going to make it one of my goals today to get you to say the word A-B-O-U-T because it is a it is a special joy for Americans to hear how Canadians say oh, that word. About that. <laughs> um, Mike, you, you came on last minute. Um, I seriously cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. I know our time is very short, so I want to cut right to the chase as fast as we can. First, can you please tell us um, what, what is your role with the Ezra Institute and what is your role with Liberty Coalition Canada or Liberty Canada Coalition and um, how did you get in, in, involved with this uh, church rebellion movement, this church resistance movement there in Canada? Well, so first of all, Joel, uh, the police are listening. So let's not, let's be careful about the word rebellion. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm sure they are too. So let, let me let me lay lay out the um, the situation for you. So, um, I am a voluntary teaching pastor at Grace Baptist Church, where I used to be the senior pastor, but stepped away from that role in order to coach other pastors. At the same time, I play a role at the fellow as a fellow at the Ezra Institute in partnership with Dr. Joe Boot, um, who, of course. Um, is trying to encourage within the Canadian landscape and the American landscape now too, uh, how to think about the Lordship of Christ in the public sphere, talking about uh, cultural apologetics, these types of things. Um, 
what happened in the fall was that we started to speak out against the lockdowns and particularly a number of our churches made a commitment that we would try to stay open for as long as possible. And so um, I have now been charged twice personally. I, I have been summons to court twice. I face up to $200,000 in fines and up to two years in jail if I am prosecuted to the or sentenced to the full extent of the current law. And when we started getting picked off as individual pastors, simply trying to meet, um, we, we came together and we formed what we call the Liberty Coalition Canada. And uh, Dr. Aaron Rock, Dr. Joe Boot, and myself, we wrote something called the Niagara 2020 Declaration, which is um, a declaration of the liberties of the church. And we started working against these lockdowns here in Canada, networking with other churches to stay open, communicating with politicians. We have a, a group of politicians that we're working with called the End the Lockdowns Caucus. We started working with moms on social media with a, an initiative called Save Our Youth. And we have a whole group of health professionals, legal professionals, and uh, police professionals in one of our groups called um, Professionals Against Lockdowns. So yeah, it's really serious here. Uh, there have been seven or eight of us pastors in Ontario who have been charged a number of times for keeping our churches open. Seven or eight, really? Yeah. And then you know this, you talked about the situation in Alberta where there have been three pastors who have done jail time, uh, being thrown in prison, uh, some, you know, James Coates had stayed in prison for a month because he didn't agree with the uh, the, the terms of bail. Is and they wanted him to agree he wouldn't preach anymore. It was almost like a uh, John Bunyan situation. What, what was the, what was the terms? Yeah, the terms the terms were we'll let you out if you agree not to hold services. So he did not agree, and he spent a month in jail. Um. And, and his church was barricaded with 200 police officers standing around a 12-foot construction fence all around their property, not letting anybody in. So, Is it, is it true that the police didn't come, though, until uh, a, a massive number of protesters came to try to tear down the fence? I, I saw that there was some of that. I was a little unclear of the details on, on the order of, of events there. Oh, no, no. The police were there the whole time. We have footage they from were. inside the church with them erecting the the fence and then uh, being a presence. Uh, it may have escalated uh, after, but no, no, the, the police were there in order to prepare for the arrival of the church members uh, outside of any protest, as far as I'm aware. Now, I live in Ontario. We have, uh, we have close friends and connections with Grace Life Church, so... I think my information is quite accurate there, uh, but it could be a, a, a little bit different than what I've described, but not much. Okay. Wow. Incredible. So, so you are with, and I, I misspoke, the name of the coalition is, tell me, it's Liberty Coalition Liberty Coalition Canada. Canada. Yes. Okay. People, if they want to look at, uh, out for us, libertycoalitioncanada.com. I have a podcast called Liberty Dispatch on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to do some of the same stuff you're doing 
more specifically around the idea of how do we biblically respond to these lockdowns and these in these insane draconian uh, commands for us to simply stop worshiping God and stop living life. So, okay, now the pushback is going to come, Mike. It, it, I'm sure it has come. Look, uh, Christians have a persecution complex. Um, you're not really being persecuted. And by the way, um, for those watching, this is the Liberty Coalition Canada website. And um, it's it, this is where you can get more information about the um, the the lockdowns from a Christian perspective, uh, the movement, and um, but okay, so but Mike, the pushback is Christians have a persecution complex, uh, a martyr, a victim complex. You're not really being persecuted. Just oh, just obey the mandates. They're there to put everyone in uh, to keep everybody safe. They're there for your good. What's your response to that, Mike? Because that sounds compelling. It's like, well, yeah, like we want to love our neighbors. We want people to be safe. We don't want to get people infected with this potentially deadly virus. Is this just a persecution complex? How do you respond? Well, I kind of respond, want to respond the way the Babylon Beavers uh, would respond. Um or we've got a little we've got a little satire channel up here that someone started called the Gelding Coalition. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to respond the way these guys would respond. I follow them on on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, of course, Christians have a persecution complex. Certain Christians do. Um, we we are we're all self centered. Uh, every individual on Earth has a bit of a oh well me in them. But I think there is a key fundamental problem going on within Christendom right now, if you can even call evangelicals Christendom anymore. Mm. Um, and that is the difference between presuppositional, a presuppositional understanding of life where we walk by faith first, where we really live with the sufficiency of the word the, the, um, and the authority of the word first, and then we reason second. What has crept into the church is a um, a mixture of uh, rationalism and then apologetics, and you can see it in um, evidence-based apologetics all the time. Yeah, where evidence-based apologetics is good, like it's good to use reason, but we've been there so long that we're not walking by faith anymore. So then, mm. when you come to this question of is the church being persecuted? It is, and it's not just the church. It's it's every Canadian. You come up here. If you were to leave uh, your home in the Chicago area and come go across the border into Ontario, number one, you wouldn't be allowed. Number two, you you'd be uh, berated for traveling uh, without an uh, an essential reason. Number three, you wouldn't be able to go into any store without putting a face mask on your face. Number four, you would not be allowed to attend a church openly and freely without police surveillance my church is surveilled every sunday morning for having like 20 people in the building like it, this is it, this is absolutely and it's not so anyways small businesses are closed right so mm -hmm. people's livelihood is threatened we're printing three billion dollars a week and in in the canadian economy versus the american economy right we're a smaller scale that is a tremendous amount of debt and it's so christians are not being singled out we may be being singled out because 
we have the moral authority to stand up to tyranny. Mm-hmm. But um, the real problem is the church does not actually believe anymore that I live by faith first when I cannot prove it by reason. And mm-hmm. uh, they're being captive to this um, I, I, secular humanistic rationalism in my mind. That's interesting, and it's very fascinating that you tied that with evidence-based apologetics. We talk a lot about apologetics on this show. I've got friends who are evidentialists, um, and they know how I feel about evidence-based apologetics. I think they're great for the church if you already have the foundation of, look, this world is God's world. So, of course, the evidence is going to point to the truth. But that itself, the idea that there is such a concept as evidence, like that's a meaningful category, that is a Christian assumption and you're I, I think you're exactly right mike i think once you once you once you pin your faith and you make evidence to uh the the sine qua non of your faith then all it takes is for a little bit of evidence to come along that you didn't anticipate a little bit of counter evidence not that there is but we we misunderstand it and and you're right we turn into this rationalistic and not not only rationalistic but um but but uh man-fearing version of what is supposed to be a God-fearing movement built solidly on God's word and 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 motivated by the lordship of Jesus Christ according to 1 Peter 3:15. Yeah, let me put, can I put it into context? Of course, you? please. So if you had have said to me 3 weeks into this pandemic, like 2020, March 2020, if you'd have asked me personally, I would have said, look, our ICUs in Ontario and Canada are always at their max. Mm. We have been struggling um, with health mismanagement for years. They don't, they don't have the ability to fluctuate. And I would have said three weeks into this pandemic, look, there's a problem here. We're overreacting. Now that was when everything was unknown that was when we really thought that um, we're talking about a seven or eight percent death rate. Way back then, uh, I'm an early adapter, and I didn't really buy into stuff. But I was ready to be patient with the church. I was, I was ready to be patient with our church. I was ready to be patient with the Church of Canada. But we are 15 months into this now, so a year and right. few months. You can, if you didn't turn on the television and you didn't work in an ICU unit, you literally couldn't tell that anything was going on in our area. Right. But because of this incessant reasoning, people are just going to go back and forth on the whim of every health doctrine from now on. If, if really the worship of the church is limited to the scientific evidence then we are going to be in the information world for a battle forever. That's when very in reality, the, the scriptures tell us that um, we are to worship, we're to spur one another on in love and good deeds. How we define love and good deeds is by looking at the commands of God, the law of God, the examples we find in scripture. So even if this was 10 times worse and my neighbor was dying, 
if I'm compelled by the love of God, I'm going to preach the gospel to that person. Amen. And I'm going to care for that individual. I'm rarely, maybe I'm going to stay home and stay safe when I'm not needed. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're going to mitigate some risk. But what has happened, and this goes to your point, Joel, I just want to connect it, is that because everything is so evidence science, the world judges the church morally. The, right. the world actually sits as judge. So I have a premier of Ontario. I have a health minister of Ontario. I have nurses and doctors saying, you will worship when we say you'll worship. Mm. Go ahead. We've got this. Rather than what scripture teaches, which is the people of God standing on the moral authority of God, act as prophets warning the world of their sin and warning government of corruption. And so there's no moral authority to stand on Mm. because everything is the whim back and forth of evidence. And until we start saying it is not scientific evidence that drives my morality, it is the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and his commands were forever stuck. Wow, man. Uh, I, I think I could, I could listen to you talk about that for hours, man. I, I, I love to hear that, Mike. Um, and, th- and that is what we need, isn't it? We need to return to the foundation of God's word. And we, and we need to be unapologetic about that. Uh, yeah. We need to be unapologetic apologists, if you will. Um, double down. So, Say that again, please. We, we got to double down. We we, we got to have Solomon wisdom. Oh, Let, oh yeah. If I the baby, well, let's cut it in half. Like, <laughs> right, right. Oh, you think I can? I'm a conspiracy theorist, dude. You got to talk to my wife. Come on, like we got to double down. <laughs> right, Stop being right, right. of our Lord. Well, um, what's one way that um, American Christians? who are, we're sitting down here, look, I, I'm in a part of the country, in my small regional pocket, I live in the Tri-Cities areas out, uh, area outside Chicago, there is a lot of freedom here. Uh, I won't go into specifics right now because literally if I talk about it openly, I might get people in trouble. But we have quite a bit of freedom right here. If you go a few miles to the south or several miles to the east, if you go closer to Chicago, it's it's pretty bad. And, um, and we recently moved out of the city of Chicago. But I'm sitting down here in the tri-cities of, of Illinois and I'm looking up north and I'm going, man, I, I can't, it's like like the worst situation that's going on here, it's like that times 10 up in Canada. What can I do as an American to help, support, partner with? What can our viewers, our listeners do if they're concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ in Canada who are facing, let's just call it what it is, persecution? Well, I got, so I have three or four answers on that one. Uh, first, I just want to do a big shout out to Chicago. What a place that I, um, you know that I went to Trinity. Man, I, I was in Chicago two or three times a year. That place has a, that place has a, a, a warm place in my heart. So uh, awesome. it's too bad that the, that the city proper is shut down, but uh, uh, the Windy City, uh, uh, Luminati's pizza, you know, like, or DiGiorno's, whatever you want to argue about. Fantastic. You got it right, man. Lou Malnati's all the way. Okay. All, all day. And Portillo's hot dogs on the day we do not eat Malnati's. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right. Um, I, th- three or four things. Um, 
let me give you all Americans a hint. The one rule of Canadian culture is I am not American, but because Americans are bigger and badder, I got to do what they say. So um, our foreign policy is often driven by the U.S. Our 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 we we consume more American uh, network stations usually politically than we do Canadian. So you can all get into the news and start guilting our government and start calling for freedom of the church in Canada. If the American church would support the Canadian church and whether or not most of the church knows it, because I, again, like I said, most of the evangelical church in Canada are acting like a bunch of socialists. They really are confused about the situation. Um, they are going to stay in lockdown for years to come uh, because they do not have uh, the the worldview chops to, to deal with this. Uh, American Christians, partly because of your Puritan background and your fight for independence, have a greater understanding of how the political and religious world do and need to intersect. So please, as American uh, Christians, go onto our website, sign up our on any of our uh, declarations, but more than that, try to get the message out into your media, try to get your um, uh, uh, governments to, to speak to our government. Uh, I say that sincerely, we, we Christians have more connections than we often realize. So, you know, start trying to send a message up because like it or not, uh, Canadians, Canadian government will cave in. Uh, number two, and I say this with all sincerity. So, Joel, if you have any headway here, you're going to have to call me. But we need Americans in every state, particularly the ones that are free, to start talking to the government about letting Canadians to come in uh, due to religious uh, 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 refugee status. Uh, email me, michael at libertycoalitioncanada.com. If you have anybody that you can speak to in, in some of the free states, um, because there are so many things that are far more dangerous than COVID coming. We have a bill that's about to be passed called Bill C-10, which controls freedom of speech on social media. We have a bill that's about to be passed, Bill C-6, which is a transgender bill, which would make it illegal in Canada to... Um, talk openly about uh, someone's biological sex being their sex and their gender and do, giving them any counsel to remain the sex that God gave them. We have Bill C-7, which is expanding our uh, euthanasia program oh. for killing and we And we have no abortion law in Canada. What? We have zero abortion law in Canada. Meaning it's just permissible anytime, anywhere, up to oh, whenever? Wait, there is no law. So Christians, Man. what COVID has actually done is just snowballed all of the um, secular agendas and, and also revealed that actually our government will not tolerate us Christians. So the second point is, I'm, I'm deadly serious, Michael at Liberty Coalition Canada, if you've got a state governor 
who's willing to help us get into a free America, you have to realize that we are all prayerfully considering that and, and wow. how to do that. Wow. Um, number three, uh, which is kind of the age old thing, you can give money. We need, we, we really need money for legal defenses. We're about to go on a major con- fundraising fa- uh, campaign uh, this coming week for Liberty Coalition Canada. Um, we're hoping to raise $92,000 in seven days. Uh, you know how far the American uh, bill goes to the Canadian dollar. So uh, feel free to give uh, o- over the internet uh, that way. Um, and then prayer, prayer and encouragement, actually encouragement. If, if, if anybody wants to go online, look at our website and, and look at the churches that are signed and saying, we must be open and who are trying to, to gather together. A prayer and notes of encouragement go a long way. We're getting attacked. The, the, the Canadian church is utterly divided over this issue. Hmm. 90% of churches in Canada are effectively closed. Mike, that this you're, you're, you're talking about a situation that you guys are facing what we warn about could happen in the future. You see what I'm saying? Now, there's, there's things happening here. Um, we're not talking about that today. I'm sure you're, you're at least somewhat aware of some of the things going on. Red state versus blue state, blue city versus red, uh, you know, rural areas. I mean, there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of polarization here. But when I hear you talk about these things, you know, um, it feels like it must have felt when the Berlin Wall was was being built. You know, when the Iron Curtain came down across Europe, it, it feels like there is an iron curtain coming down um, over over the West, or, you know, over Canada. And it's just, it's it's amazing. And there are people who are welcoming it's coming. And and they're so grateful to the government to keep them safe, you know, for the, you know, from the virus and from, and not only from the virus, but from those dangerous Christians who are, uh, you know, not taking heed of, you know, the, the different health guidelines of our governments. Um, Mike, I, I know you have to go. Do you have time to take one or two questions and comments? I got viewers. I'm sorry. Did you say you have time? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So I have people asking um, if you have, uh, if we're going to be taking questions. So yes, we're going to take a couple of questions. Uh, The first one has come in. If you, if you have a question, just mark it question in the comments or Q is fine. And then uh, I'll see that and I'll be able to, um, to put that up on the screen. If you're listening later via the podcast, first of all, thank you for listening. And if you haven't done so, quick plug, leave us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That does help get the word out about this podcast. Um, now, the um, the question here, and uh, Mike, I know you're a, you're a podcaster as well, correct? Yeah, we're just new into it because uh, you cannot get the narrative into the mainstream media right. in Canada with the exception of one or two honest journalists. So yeah, I've become a makeshift podcaster to get the word out. Yeah, Pod- podcasters, um, we we really are able to get messages out that that you wouldn't normally be able to. So it's it's a blessing. Um, okay, so Nate Warner is watching, and he says this: Doctor T, are there any non-Christian religions like Muslim, Mormon, etc., being persecuted for meeting regularly, like the Christian Church? Man, Nate, you decided to like write just. Like 
you decided to kick me right in the face with that one, eh? Um, <laughs> so the answer is no. And uh, what we're trying to figure out honestly is whether that is because these other religions have decided to just be completely quiet and put up with everything or whether or not this is just a you know you can get part of the reason why there's a pushback to the churches is because you know when the police officer hands me my ticket i say thank you like i like i i pray with them my I, we, we we pray for them and so it's a little bit of this like oh sorry man and they would not get away with that with the muslims so um I have seen at least footage from four or five locations in Ontario and across Canada, a few out west, where mosques have been videotaped fully, uh, full, uh, like brimming over, and there be absolutely no police presence, or there's a police presence in one situation where they were just letting them in. Wow. So, uh, yeah, the answer is no. Pretty amazing. There, there is a reason for that, right? The reason for that is is because um, other religions can join the intersectional left agenda, right? And they are still a uh, a minority group that still gets to be a part of that accusation against the. Um, the traditional Western worldview, Judeo-Christian worldview, yeah. and so there is a there's there is a ro a romance there, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting you mentioned Judeo-Christian as well. Nate Warner uh, also posted a follow up comment. He says, "I was just curious because the synagogue in NYC was shut down by De Blasio. That's the um, the mayor there." Uh, after secretly filming a bar mitzvah. And so, um, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, there does seem to be a real crackdown, not only on Christians, but on, uh, at least in New York City, on Jewish, uh, especially Orthodox Jewish gatherings as well. So interesting that you mentioned Judeo-Christian. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, and actually, we've been working, we've been working with the Orthodox Christian, I mean, the Orthodox Jewish um community because we have such a significant uh, overlap with worldview um, so we've been trying to help them and I've, I've spoken to many health units on their behalf trying to get the health units to back off mm -hmm. um, yeah not yeah well um, you know that's the last question that we had come in we had some other comments and things like that in the chat but um, Mike, I got to tell you, I've really, really appreciated this. Thank you again for coming on so last minute and uh, and, and taking your valuable time. I know you, you've got a lot on your plate. You're doing a ton of good work. And uh, maybe at another time we can have a, a more extended conversation. But I, I want to say too, the Ezra Institute and the work you guys are doing there have been hugely inspiring to me. When I started the Think Institute in 2019, the Ezra Institute was uh, something I was checking on a lot to see, to try to figure out, well, how did they get things started? How did they um, you know, launch the organization and, and build it to where it is now over the last 10 years? 
And so um, I've learned a ton from you guys, um, learned a, a ton from Joe Boots, um, and and just uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, real quick, we did have one more question that came in. Would you mind taking it? Are you able to? Sure, as long as I'm allowed to give JY's uh, trouble for uh, shamelessly asking for Joe Boot in my stead. So like, <laughs> uh, I don't really care if you like Joe better. You should come to Liberty Dispatch, my podcast, and uh, just deal with it, okay? That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. what I say to Jay. So, <laughs> so much for the stereotype of Canadians being nice. Look at it. I did my... I did at Gordon Conwell in Boston, and I did my doctorate at, in Chicago. I I know how to deal with Americans. You don't let them walk on you. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. I love it. Absolutely right, man. You should have Joe back because he is fantastic. So I do. Uh, I do admit that this is a disappointment, and uh, I'm much better looking, but his voice and his teaching is brilliant. So. Absolutely right. But you know what? Hey, we believe God is sovereign over all things. That's right. And That's so right. Jay, Jay may have wanted Joe, but uh, the Lord Jesus Christ wanted Mike today. So, um, you know, I, I do hope everything's going all right with Joe. Hope everything is, is fine with him and his family and situation and, you know, all of that. But Mike, we really, really do appreciate you coming on and, uh, and giving us these insights. Um, here is the question from Nate Werner. Last question then. He says, if these other communities were hypothetically kept from meeting, would you consider them to be under persecution as well? Uh, certainly, liberty itself is under attack in Canada. Like, we've been saying this from day one. Persecution is not this technical term whereby Christians alone face consequences for standing up to do right. Persecution is um, often a state official overreaching for that state official's benefit or that state official's opinion. And right. so, yes, we've been standing for freedom of conscience, for freedom of religion, for freedom of um, assembly. You, you, in British Columbia, I believe, and Alberta, it is illegal to publicly protest. In Ontario, if we lead a protest, a peaceful assembly, a peaceful gathering, the organizers are ticketed every week, every week, like all across the province. Is that new? So, or is that is that part of the oh, charter somehow? Months. It's, it's, it's been happening because now people are starting to get overwhelmed and exhausted with being locked up when in with their own eyes and ears, the only thing that we can qualify is that ICUs are, are full, but ICUs in Canada are always full. Wow. So, um, yes, I would say that maybe, maybe you want to talk about the theology of persecution, but certainly, uh, unconstitutional infringement on individual rights is happening across the so the social um, sphere. It's, yeah. it's not just us Christians, but we're ready to, that's where we're loving our neighbor. We're, mm -hmm. we're going to stand up and we're going to fight for liberty. And we've got lots of intelligent professionals, brave um, politicians 
who would be able to come up with a targeted, appropriate, uh, measured response to COVID-19 rather than all of this just Chinese style lockdowns. That's, that's yeah. the only way that you can label them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, thank you for taking that last question there. Uh, thanks again for joining us. And I uh, just want to remind everybody, go ahead and if you want to get involved, send, first of all, go to libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if you've got, if you've got some headway, uh, if you've got connections, let's say you're living in South Dakota, Texas, um, Florida, and you've got some connections at all. Email Michael at libertycoalitioncanada.com because you know he's not messing around. He's he's serious here. He's he's saying, look, um, pray, give, um, and work within the spheres of influence that you have because there are going to be Canadians, Canadian Christians, who, it, unless there is a massive repentance and and a revival among those in power in Canada, they are going to be facing increased persecution. And now is the time for us to be taking action. Um, the, uh, the, the, in Proverbs, it says, if you do nothing in a time of crisis, your strength is limited. Um, and I probably misquoted that, but it's, uh, that proverb is, That's it's my a great, mistake. don't worry about it. I never get scripture right. Unless it's <laughs> one of my, my eyes. Well, um, so let's do something, guys. Let's, you know, we we want to, that's one of the reasons that we do this program is to equip you to explain, share, and defend the Christian message. And that means defending those who are bringing the Christian message. That means defending our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. And um, maybe we can do it again sometime. I'd love to. And make sure you schedule Joe again. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, so uh, my guest today has been Dr. Michael Thiessen from our great white north neighbor. And, you know, it was so good to hear from him, uh, not because of what he had to say about the state of church-state relations was good, but because we get to hear it from the horse's mouth, we get to hear it from a firsthand source. Hey, this is what's going on, and here's how you can help. Now, standing as we do on the biblical worldview, on God's word, we believe that in the end, Jesus does win. And if you're not a Christian and you're watching this, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad you're watching. If you're listening, I'm so glad you're listening. But understand this, that it is integral to the fabric of the universe that in the end, uh, imagine all the world's events are are in one of those great big funnels uh, that you might see at a museum, like a children's museum or something. You know, you put the coin in and um, and it, it spirals around, but eventually it goes down the hole. The universe is kind of set up that way, where all of the facts and events in the universe and movements, inevitably, they might spiral around and around and around, but inevitably, they all lead to one conclusion. And that is this the eternal lordship and victory of Jesus Christ and his people. At my church, where I just became a member, Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, uh, Pastor Joe is giving, um, is, has been teaching, and, and, uh, and Jimmy Fowler and um, the, the teaching series, the sermon series, has been on Revelation. And one of the things that Joe has said over and over is that the book of Revelation is about the 
victory of Jesus Christ and his people over the devil and the world. And that is going to happen. It's inevitable. We don't know the exact timing, but we do know the inevitability of it and the certainty of it. So if you're not a Christian, and I'll just I'll just say it, if you want to be on the right side of history, Jesus is the history maker, literally. Um, the Bible says that our resistance to God is sin, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the Christ, he's the Messiah, he's the anointed one, and in the end, he does win. In the meantime, though, we need to fight. Christians, brothers, sisters in Christ, we need to fight, we've got work to do. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. We don't know how much time until Jesus comes back, and he's given us work to do. So, go check out libertycoalitioncanada.com, and while you're at it, go to thethink.institute for more great content and uh, you know what? If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to thethink or email thethink.institute at gmail.com. And guess what? I know you've heard me mention it before if you've been listening to this program, but we are support raising missionaries, my wife and I, with crew. And I want to stipulate from the get go every time I say crew, I want you to know we are non woke. We are very focused on the biblical gospel, and we're putting the gospel first in everything we do, standing solidly on the biblical worldview. Just want to put that out there. So you can email me at thethink.institute at gmail.com. And if you want to support this ministry, you can go to give.crew.org slash 101-8841. We've had people who have become our supporters through um, interacting with this content. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And listen, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the road of your spiritual journey. I hope you heard something helpful. I know I certainly did. And until next time, I hope it made you think.